You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Got another exciting adventure to take with Trey Hudson, who was on the Paracast maybe about 14 months ago. Our special guest co-host this week is Tim Swartz. And in the future, let me give you kind of a heads up here of some shows we have in the waitings. We'll have my old friend Rick Hilberg at the end of June, Kathleen Martin to bring us a UFO abduction update and other stuff. And then we have a book here called Flying Saucer Investigators, which, by the way, I've read part of it already. It's a really terrific book from a guy named Charles Lear. He's a New York playwright, no relation to the other Lear, I think. And... He tells about the investigators from the early days of the UFO field. So you learn about Jim Mosley and Gray Barker and Dr. Hynek and Donald Kehoe and the contactees and all that other good stuff. And we're going to have him on next week. Trey is one of our interesting guests. He, it says here, I'm just reading from everything here. He's had a wide, wide background in the military as a security specialist. I'm not going to give all this because we'll be doing the whole show on it. He's author of a book called The Meadows Project, Explorations into the South's Skinwalker Ranch. Now, Trey, what attracted you to join our paranormal world? Oh, well, you know, that, uh, you know, as we talked before, uh, that goes way back, you know, back into the 1970s. I was weaned on, uh, you know, the heyday of, you know, the, the edge of paranormal broadcasting. Uh, I don't know if, you know, some of your listeners or you remember an old show called Cole Shack, the Night Stalker, which uh, was one of the, uh, you know, one of the precursors to the X-Files. So, you know, I watched that stuff. I watched uh, In Search Of, you know, with Leonard Nimoy and Argosy Magazine had, you know, UFO stories and Bigfoot stories and or Argosy, you know, things like that. My dad would bring home books and magazines that had stories about various high strangeness types of counts in a Bigfoot, UFOs, missing persons, things like that. And I just really uh, found it intriguing. Uh, you know, that was during one of the big heydays of uh, the UFO craze. And you started to hear about Bigfoot and some of the uh, big films, the documentaries on Bigfoot started making it to the big screen. So it just, I really, really got hooked on it at a younger age and I've never lost my interest, uh, even up until this day. Kolchak the Night Stalker was on the air from 1974 through 1975. Darren McGavin, a really great character actor, was the star. And a show that lasts just a couple of years. It became kind of a cult classic. Absolutely. And I'm I'm actually one of the geeks that has the entire series on DVD. So, I mean, that just, you know, gives you an idea how much I love the show. Yeah, there was 20 episodes. Yes. Yeah, right now they're showing it on uh, MeTV Saturday, late Saturday nights, if anybody wants to look for it. MeTV? MeTV, yeah. You can find it on uh, a lot of cable, and it's on the the Dish Network, which I have, and uh, it comes on after, I think, uh, the uh, original uh, Star Trek. You got uh, Sven Gulli, Star Trek, uh, Cold Jack. I'm looking at the actors who are on it. And the range is amazing. All the character actors from the 60s, 70s. Tom Bosley was on it, it says here. Phil Silvers? 
Good gosh. He goes back to almost to vaudeville. And Richard Keel, a seven-foot-plus actor that we might remember from the James Bond films as Jaws. Uh, yeah, and a, a kind of a cool fact is uh, one of the inspirations for Chris Carter when he started, you know, writing the X-Files, which, of course, morphed into, uh, you know, the Lone Gunman and Millennium and some of those other wonderful series from the 90s, was, in fact, Shack the Night Stalker. You know, that's where he kind of got the idea of the X-Files uh, Monster of the Week, or, you know, where they would, ex- Mulder and Scully would explore, you know, some new paranormal happening every week. That show really has a deep legacy in uh, this particular genre of television. Too bad it didn't carry on. Anyway, let's persist in your tale of getting connected okay. with this crazy universe. Yeah, so, you know, I grew up that way, and... uh I was always interested in it all the way through high school. You know, I'd read books and articles and things like that and went off to uh, university uh, and studied uh, psychology at the University of West Georgia, which uh, had the uh, the wonderful Bill Roll, Dr. Bill Roll, very well-known parapsychologist uh, on faculty there. So I studied under Bill Roll and I've since, as recently as this month, reach back out to the uh, faculty there at West Georgia, and I'm starting to uh, t- talk to some of their parapsychologists, and hopefully we'll be working with them in the future. So, you know, I had this really you know, rich you know, background in this stuff, and then, doggone it, life got in the way. You know, uh, life got in the way of living, as it does with so many of us. And so I finally had some time back in about 2008 to kind of get reinvolved in it, reengaged. Uh, back when local paranormal groups were all the rage, you know, when you had the shows Ghost Hunters and uh, you know, and all these other shows. And uh, so I got involved with a local paranormal group and ended up uh, kind of inheriting that group. And it since has morphed into the uh, Anomalous Studies and Observation Group, and we're the we actually go out and look at some of the real weird high strangeness other than just haunted houses but you know things like uh, you know missing time ufos cryptids you know, kind of the whole gambit so uh you know it's made you know full circle from you know some little kid watching this on tv to a grown adult actually living it what part of the country do you do your work in well we do it mostly in the southeast uh southeast has a very rich history of this stuff uh you know, a lot of people don't realize it, but, you know, you hear about, you know, Sasquatch and cryptids up in the Northwest, but the Southeast has just a very rich history. We have a very rich uh, Native American history of high strangeness and uh, folklore. And then, of course, a very, uh, very cool culture of uh, Scots-Irish and some of the mythology that goes along with that. I take it you know Stan Gordon? No, not off the top of my head. The name rings a bell. He works in Western Pennsylvania, mostly, doing what you're doing there. Right. I, our paths might have crossed, but I, you know, I don't recall him right off the top of my head. No, I'm sorry. So are you in a situation there where people are calling you all the time with strange reports? Uh, you know, actually, what we're doing primarily now is there's a location that we discovered through pouring through, uh, you know, folklore and reports and things like that, that we're focusing most of our time on. So we, we don't take a lot of, uh, you know, hey, call us, come investigate kind of reports. We're, we're mostly focusing our efforts on a few uh, areas of high strangeness, which, quite frankly, keep us 
gainfully employed and fully occupied. Uh, it's a, an area a lot like Skinwalker Ranch. So we, you know, have tremendous amounts of material and uh, experiences to sift through. Can you specifically tell us which state this area is located in? Uh, I will have to ask for your forgiveness on this. Uh, I'll prefer not to. And my reason isn't that I'm being greedy or miserly with this location. It's that I wish to keep this location as secret as possible. Now, there are a few handful of guest researchers, uh, and I could probably name some names and you would know who they were, that do come out after signing a, a non-disclosure agreement. But I'm trying to keep this site as pristine as possible. Unfortunately, you know, some of the other sites like, you know, Skinwalker Range, Bradshaw, uh, you know, uh, now Blind Frog, uh, and other you know, haunted locations, once their location becomes uh, public, it is just absolutely inundated with, uh, you know, thrill seekers, you know, maybe people that aren't you know, true, serious researchers, and it contaminates the, uh, the effort and the research that other groups are doing. So I just ask for your forgiveness in advance and uh, prefer not to disclose the location. I will tell you, it is south of the Mason-Dixon line and east of uh, Arizona. We've got so more to come with Trey Hudson. Okay. Our special guest co-host is Tim Swartz. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Are you curious about what might be missing from your diet and supplement choices? Take a free health assessment to identify your possible nutrient deficiencies. As a certified holistic health coach, I will help you assess and prioritize a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL90. 
That number to call is 833-848-2590. That's 833-VITAL90. Extendivite testimonials on Amazon are very informative. Here's one. Rad. Consistent results when used for heart problems. This product has been a godsend for my father, who suffered a heart attack about two years ago. He was prescribed medications for his condition, which was so serious that if he hadn't made it to the hospital in time, he would have died. But he hasn't been able to afford most of the medications. After researching alternatives, he tried Extendivite. While taking Extendivite, he has consistently lower blood pressure and experiences less angina. We are currently on our fifth bottle. I enthusiastically recommend this product, and I am grateful that it is available. To get your Extendivite today, go to Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Or call us at 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life with Extendovite. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to give you a URL that can and will change your life. You will simply investigate it and look into it for your own self. Do your own research. This is an absolute 360 win for GCN, for American Tax Solutions, and for you. Ladies and gentlemen, these are top tax lawyers that will deliver you super service very, very quickly and change your life. The average person can save up to 90% on their taxes. Visit GCNTaxCut.com. That's GCNTaxCut.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We continue with Trey Hudson, a location he is exploring that is not in Arizona, you know, towards southeast U.S., a real large area, but lots of areas there are hotbeds of strange activity. I know I live in an area where I always thought things were going on, but I didn't know anything about them. And that was in northwest Alabama, like the Quad Cities, Tuscumbia, Sheffield, Florence, mm-hmm. and Muscle Shoals. Muscle Shoals being, of mm-hmm. course, a very famous location for music lovers because they had a famous set of studios there where a lot of the famous recordings from the 60s and 70s were made. And I remember this forest area, which I passed on the way from my home to the radio station I worked at. And it was pretty strange. I mean, you know, once you felt yourself within the canopy of the forest, traveling along a two-lane road, I'm almost sounding like I'm reporting a psychic experience, but I don't think I was. But I suspect, from what you tell me, that's the kind of area this would be, right? Exactly, exactly. The uh, the southeast, as well you know uh, from you know having worked down here, is is littered with you know very remote wilderness areas, and you know I believe that there are more of these locations of high strangeness throughout the country, and you know there are probably some of the people listening to this right now that are probably within two or three miles of it, you know these types of locations that don't realize it, you know, you have to get out there and really start looking, but yeah, it's very similar to, uh, you know, the strange, dark, you know, mysterious Gothic forests of the Southeast, like you just described. Sometimes I wonder though, when you have areas like this, maybe the activity is happening all the time, but publicity attention 
has people gravitate to start looking and then there are things to find. Hey, that's a good point. You know, that's that's kind of my contention is there are many, many of these areas in the U.S. that people just have to find them and start really going out there and, A, experiencing them and hopefully, B, starting to research them. You know, it's almost like uh, the uh, if a tree falls in the forest and there's nobody around, does it make a sound? So it's like, you know, uh, are these areas active when there's nobody around or do they only become active when there's a human presence? Well, yeah, exactly. Schrodinger's cat, is it alive or dead? And the answer mm-hmm. is yes, you know. <laughs> you know the, the classic observer's effect. Uh, but yeah, but how can you tell? Yeah, <laughs> you know, if yeah. there's no if there's nobody there to experience, it doesn't matter one way or the other. Yeah, you know, we had a guest on. Uh, uh, it's been a few months ago who talked about Marley Woods in Missouri, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. very reminiscent of the areas that uh, you're investigating. Very much so. I've actually talked to. Uh some folks, uh, actually some of your guests I've spoken with, and uh, I thought I had a line on perhaps going to Marley Woods, but, you know, it fell through. But that's, you know, from everything I can gather, that's another one of these very special, unique places where you have just all of these. There's this plethora of high strangeness going on that, uh, you know, you can spend the rest of your life researching and documenting. John Keel referred to them as like window areas where mm-hmm. you know, there, there, there seems to be a concentration of of high weirdness. But, uh, you know, I think that they're you know, like you, that there's a lot more scattered across uh, the world uh, uh, that, uh, you know, residents there like, oh, yeah, you know, there's the haunted road and the, the haunted bridge and just, you know, really hasn't put two and two together and realized just how much activity is happening at these uh, locations. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the things that I always tell people to do, you know, if they're interested in getting into this kind of research, you know, go and take a look at, uh, you know, the various uh, UFO databases, you know, be it from MUFON or one of the other organizations, and uh, start plotting, you know, where they have uh, concentrations of UFO reports, and then go to, like, BFRO and start plotting concentrations of uh, Bigfoot sightings, and then go and start, you know, scanning through uh, the folklore and start plotting locations where you have ghost sightings. And when you start seeing a concentration of these three different phenomenologies, bingo, that's where you go and take a look, and you'll probably find something waiting for you there. So now, how did you first get turned on uh, to the meadows or to, you know, to that area? That's a great question. Uh, Kind of like you were talking about, you, know, you mentioned the haunted road, you know, that's, you know, locals talk about that is, you know, I started hearing reports of a haunted road, you know, in this area. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things that people say that the locals come say, yeah, don't you go down that road, it, you know, the haints will get you, you know, that kind of thing, you know, kind of a, a backcountry, you know, folklorish kind of thing, you know, almost with a, a Scots-Irish Gaelic kind of folklore to it. And so, you know, of course, when somebody tells me, don't go to the road, the ghost will get you. Well, where do you think I'm going? You know, I'm, you know, like a duck on a gene bug. I am right there on it. And so we started researching this road and didn't really have a whole lot of activity. But in our base camp, which was several miles away, we had a a remarkable UFO sighting. Uh, Bob Wilson, who some might know from the show Killing Bigfoot, is one of my research partners. He had an amazing UFO sighting. And very close to where our base camp was, 
we decided to start looking in this area since we had this really neat UFO sighting and found this meadow, this, this you know, beautiful, picturesque mountain meadow. I mean, just, just absolutely gorgeous. And we were looking at it for maybe cryptids. You know, we could see you know, tracks or something moved across it at night. You know, we could see it on our thermals. But it turned out to be something much, much more than that. It turned out to be, you know, I hate to keep, you know, mentioning and referencing Skinwalker Ranch, but folks are familiar with that. So we started having those same kind of uh, phenomena happen with us. Uh, UFOs, missing time, cryptids, disembodied voices, you know, UFOs, and this whole, this whole you know, wide gambit of things actually happening in this location. So we decided to uh, expand our research out a little bit and out to about five miles and looking at other remote locations. And we're starting to find activity in these locations, too, and things like, once again, disembodied voices, lights in the forest. My team members are now being touched by invisible forces, you know, something grabbing them. So, uh, you know, it's constantly evolving, this phenomenology, and uh, we're hoping to stay ahead of it and uh, kind of roll with it as it presents itself in new and exciting ways. All right. So at at the beginning, you went to this this road, this 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 road with the heights, and instead, one of your team members had a UFO sighting. All right. So now, for a lot of paranormal investigators, that would be it, because you know, I mean, uh, for them, UFOs—that's crazy stuff. Ghosts, hey, you know, ghosts are fine, but UFOs, huh, no, no, only crazy see UFOs. So yeah, when this guy saw this UFO. You decided that, hey, I'm going to, you know, we're going to run with this. Right. Exactly. Uh, and, you, know, you just hit on something that I think finally, you know, the, the researchers are starting to back up and take a deep breath and pull their hat out of their self-contained, self-created little boxes and look around and say, whoa, there's more to this than UFOs or ghosts or Bigfoot. We have to do our break here and then we'll have more with Trey and Gene and Tim. You're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. No matter if supply lines are down, product deliveries are slow, and that most everything costs more these days, you still have neck and shoulder pain, right? Good news. Sunny Bay has new products that target neck and shoulder pain. Products that are in stock now, ready to ship anywhere now. Like our extra long neck heating pads. They provide soothing relief to painful sore necks and backs. You can heat them in a microwave oven and they come in a variety of colors and patterns. And for stress relief, get our lavender scented hands-free neck wraps. Or maybe you need one of our smaller lower back wraps. Great for seniors. Again, there's no shipping delays from Sunny Bay. Find our new products on Amazon, Walmart, Etsy, and sunny-bay.com. Just search for Sunny Bay Neck Wraps. All our products are great for men or women, are reusable, and easy to clean. Remember, just search for Sunny Bay Neck Wraps. Order now because stock is high and shipping is fast from Sunny Bay. USA Radio News with Kenneth Burns. Marriott is suspending all of its operations in Russia. The hotel company is citing restrictions imposed by the U.S., U.K., and E.U. 
Marriott International said in a statement it has come to view that the newly announced restrictions will make it impossible for them to continue to operate or franchise hotels in the Russian market. The company closed its Moscow office and paused the opening of new hotels and all future hotel investment in Russia following the invasion of Ukraine 101 days ago. The baby formula plant that was shuttered after a federal inspection has reopened, the Abbott Nutrition Plant in Sturges, Michigan, had been closed for five months after an FDA inspection discovered unsanitary conditions. The factory produced most of the country's supply of powdered Similac and specialty formulas. Its closure led to the national shortage of baby formula. This is USA Radio News. The GOP nominee for Senator of Pennsylvania is the celebrity Dr. Mehmet Oz. His opponent, former hedge fund CEO Dave McCormick, conceded to Oz on Friday. He said it became clear to him that Oz would be the nominee with the recount largely completed. Oz will go on to face Democratic Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman in the fall. Fetterman has been off the campaign trail in recent weeks after suffering a stroke. He said on Friday that he almost died and urged people to not ignore doctor's orders. A change in view will mean a change in jobs for a Republican congressman. New York's Chris Jacobs says he will not run for a second term. He broke from his party when he announced that he would support an assault weapons ban. Jacobs told the Buffalo News that the mass shooting in Texas and the racially motivated shooting at a Buffalo grocery store changed his stance. That prompted every elected GOP leader who had endorsed his re-election bid to withdraw their support. Jacobs also lost the backing of the Republican and conservative parties in the Empire State. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So you think here, Trey Hudson, that part of the problem here with investigators possibly is the narrow focus. You know, they'll say, okay, UFOs, no Bigfoot, ghost, forget about it. Is that it? Yeah, that, I mean, that's exactly it. Uh, and I'll, I'll give you an example. Some of the things that we've actually encountered and have on film are entities. And I'm just using that as a convenient label. Fleer signatures, man size, six foot tall, 24 inches wide, seem to be move around. And if I was a ghost guy, you know, I would look at it and say, well, you know, that's a ghost. You know, if I was a, you know, a ufologist, I would say, well, those are obviously aliens since there's been UFOs around here. And if I was a cryptid researcher, I'd say, well, that's obviously a cryptid. Well, maybe it's all of the above and none of the above. Just what is it? So, you know, we try to take a very broad 
a holistic view of these uh, phenomena, and we try to approach it from different uh, different aspects. Like I'll bring some of the best practices from paranormal research into cryptid research or UFO research. I'll take ghost boxes and use them in an area where they're cryptids or vice versa. You know, when you start scratching the surface like that, start stepping out of your comfort zone and stop, you know, not only labeling the phenomena, but, you know, labeling yourself, you know, as a particular type of researcher. I think the phenomena will actually start to become uh, more organic, more holistic, and, in my opinion, a lot more interesting. So have you had a chance to talk to people who live in that area, maybe, you know, has, has family that's, you know, lived generations, you know, in that area, and, and besides the Haunted Road, I mean, ha- have you gotten any other types of, of stories about the area that, you know, maybe nope. has gone back for decades? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, like, like I said, it's an area that has a lot of history going all the way back to, you know, First Nations kind of stuff. But uh, one thing that comes to mind is if uh, you remember in uh, David Polites, uh one of his documentaries, there was, uh, I believe, Jan Maccabee, I think that's her name, was talking about seeing a predator-like creature while she was hunting in her deer stand, you know, almost like a pixelated figure. I had a person report in this area while they were hiking on a, a well-known trail that goes through this uh, this area. They saw a four-legged creature, you know, almost like a large cat, you know, like a mountain lion or something. But it was made of uh, reflective angles, you know, like a disco ball. But the thing would move and undulate, you know, and reflect, you know, like prisms, which is very weird because if you go back and do some research, there was a reporting of a UFO sighting that was described as a floating prism, you know, hanging in the air. So, yeah, there's tons of reports and anecdotal, you know, stories in this area across the spectrum. You know, like I said, you know, not just Bigfoot, not just UFOs, not just ghosts, but, you know, pretty much everything. So when you first set up in this area, did the activity happen almost immediately or uh, was it this type of thing where it ebbs and flows or, you know, it just comes spilling out for your uh, enjoyment right away? Yeah. I mean, it, it pretty much uh, happens right away, you know, and mm-hmm. we have, uh, you know, the first time we went out there really in earnest was in July of 19 and we had, you know, missing time and the guy had odd tracks on his GPS and we had a large uh, white, cryptid type creature watching us, you know, from afar and at a campsite and just, just, uh, orbs, green orbs floating on top of the ridge, you know, and that was our first time out. So it was like, Holy smokes. Now this is, you know, this is really rocking. Let's, you know, let's continue to go here. And like I said, it morphs. The, uh, the phenomena has now turned into some of the, what they call the hitchhiker phenomena. We will have the, the phenomena follow you home. And I've had, uh, you know, some of my team members, experience extremely strange stuff at their homes, you know, floating orbs, you know, that are, you know, self-luminescent, strange downloads on their phones and automobiles stopping, you know, in the middle of nowhere as they get close to home, you know, many hours away. So it's, uh, you know, the phenomena, it seems to be, you know, as we're becoming more in tune with it and, you know, we're we're diving into it more in an experiential kind of way, it, it seems to be actually following us which is, you know, kind of neat and kind of interesting, but on the other side, a little bit unnerving. I've heard the hitchhiker effect also described as like a virus. Like you go to these locations 
and it's it's like you catch something like you catch yeah. a virus a paranormal virus that then goes with you for a while until it expends its energy you know from you know wherever you are well uh, go ahead i'm sorry <laughs> yeah 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 i mean that's 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 very accurate and another thing you mentioned virus we've had uh some of our team members experienced, you know, for some pretty serious uh, health ramifications. Now, you know, does, you know, causality, uh, is that bred from, uh, you know, from, from being there? I, I don't know. I can't say that it exactly is the reason these folks have gotten sick, but I do know that, you know, since we started investigating this, we've had some of our team members, you know, become very ill and uh, that we had some serious illnesses, you know, uh, reemerge. And so it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, people need to take that into consideration and be, you know, cognizant of the fact that, you know, this can have negative uh, health effects. Well, we've had guests on our show who have talked about how they would uh, they would be at a location that was having paranormal experiences and say they would um, write a letter to a family member and send that letter and that letter would then seem to have an attachment of some kind, a paranormal attachment, that then uh, things start to happen at the recipient of the, uh, of the letter's house. So, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a it's very unusual uh, type of phenomena. Yeah, and, uh, you know, sometimes my wife kind of, uh, she's not real pleased with, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some of this, this, this research and high strangeness that I, uh, you know, that I go out and do and, Unfortunately, some of it's come back with me, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's real. It, it happens. It's been documented. And, uh, you know, folks just need to be prepared for that if it does happen, if they go out and, you know, find their own location research. It has come back. It has come back with you. Do tell. Oh, well, uh, I'll give you a couple of examples. For myself personally, uh, I have had objects move. Uh, you know, I will take something and I'll give you an example that, you know, happened just literally two feet from where I'm sitting right now in my uh, guest cottage on my property is I had a small LED flashlight that I'd placed on a a table and I went to go do something and came back and the the flashlight was gone. Now, of course, I'm like, okay, I dropped it, you know, rolled up under the desk or, you know, whatever. And I searched high and low for this thing. And I went to bed, woke up the next morning. I was staying in the guest house that night came down and there was a flashlight back on the table where I had originally put it, you know, so things will disappear and then reappear. Uh, I'll give you a very weird instance that happened with one of my team members. She, uh, her job, uh, involves uh, working at night. So she, uh, she sleeps during the day. Well, she usually sleeps with her cell phone, you know, probably two or three feet from her head as she, you know, rests during the day. And she uh, woke up uh, getting ready for her shift, looked at her cell phone and saw a message. I'm sorry, not a message. She, I was looking through some photographs. And on her cell phone was the photograph of a field. Now, not the field that we're researching, but a like a pasture with power lines over it. And she's like, okay, I didn't take this photograph. I don't know how it got into my gallery. I didn't download it and save it. And uh, she reached out to us and said, you know, does anybody, does this look you know, familiar? You know, what does this mean? And so she sent it to me and I tried to download some metadata from it. And it was uh, nothing, nothing was there. And uh, it turns out that the, the, the photograph was from a uh, real estate listing 
for a piece of land that was for sale in her area, in her location. But she has no interest in buying land. She's never been to this. She's never looked at this uh, particular uh, real estate real estate uh, website. But somehow there was something special about this photograph that got loaded and down and planted onto her phone while her, the phone was, you know, like three feet away from her head while she slept. Let sure. us break now. We'll continue with Trey and Gene and Tim. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. Hey, y'all, Jeff Foxworthy here. Now, if you've ever found yourself repeating the same thing over and over for 75 years, you might be Smokey Bear. Only you can prevent wildfires. That's why I'm filling in for Smokey to switch things up, because there's a lot more to say. And I should know, because my grandfather was a firefighter. And one of the things he taught me is that the people that love the outdoors the most are often the ones accidentally starting wildfires. Which means always BYOB. <laughs> no, bring your own bucket to the campfire. And be extra careful with things like burning yard trimmings. Don't just walk away, or chances are you might be starting a wildfire. So, for the love of the outdoors, go to smokybear.com to learn more about wildfire prevention. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. 
Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR. DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, simulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com, that's N-U-T-R-I Medical.com, or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Hi, this is James Fox. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, you've got an interesting story there. And you started to tell Trey, please continue. Uh, yeah, so, you know, we, it got really strange because she had no idea how this, uh, you know, this image showed up on her phone. Uh, she's also the same individual that had uh, her car completely die, her brand new automobile lose all power, uh, you know, when she was about 45 minutes from her home, which is several, several hours away from our research site. So, you know, you start thinking back, where have we heard about vehicles just dying in the middle of dark roads? Well, that's pretty common in UFO lore and, you know, and uh, experiencers will oftentimes have the electronics in their automobiles completely die. She's also experienced uh, nightmares of creatures coming into her room and standing over her and watching her while she sleeps and things like that. So my next step is I'm trying to arrange with some uh, psychologists to possibly do some uh, hypnotic regression and see if we can puncture some of these screen memories and see if there's something really uh, amazing and phenomenal lying behind what appears to be our memories on the surface. The photograph showing up on her phone, that that would almost make me want to go out to that place and maybe stake it out for a while with some equipment just to see if maybe uh, uh, you were being sent a hit. You know, come yeah. check this place out. Weird stuff here. <laughs> well, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's what we wondered. Is it, you know, is it something that's trying to tell her, you know, go to this location? Is something special about this location is she supposed to have an encounter or meet it you know meet a entity or you know a, a vessel or craft at this location uh unfortunately the logistics of getting our team together which we're i think we're spread out among four states you know just did not lend itself to us going out there so you know it's, it's one of those things that you know we'll just chalk it up to something really weird and uh hopefully uh something will manifest uh, a little bit closer to home where we can get together and, and, and investigate it some of the things that you uh, uh, mentioned uh, earlier, you said that there was a, uh, a, a white cryptid and uh, somebody who experienced uh, some uh, uh, lost time. Uh, mm-hmm. Could you provide some uh, details uh, on those experiences? Oh, oh. They sound fascinating, especially you know, especially oh, the, uh, yeah. the the cryptid. Oh yeah, absolutely. We've had several cryptid encounters, and I'll start mm-hmm. off with. Uh, one of the first ones is when we started looking at the meadow, you know, really in earnest, really, you know, 
you know, drilling down into it. I had some researchers come from the Carolinas, Georgia, Alabama, and other st- uh, states. And I had some of the newer uh, folks that hadn't been to this area out you know, with me, and I'm giving them a briefing. You know, a, this is, you know, the meadow. This is, you know, this is the confines. This is how we're, I think we're going to approach our, our research, you know, this evening. And uh, I had one researcher taking photographs as I was doing this briefing. And so, lo and behold, the next year, as he was going through his photographs, in the background, there appears to be a cryptid-type creature watching us from afar. Hmm. And that particular location where the cryptid is becomes important later on. Uh, next uh, cryptid thing is we were, uh, we were doing some research. And I can't remember if I sent you the photograph or not, but it was a, uh, a large uh, outline of a, a, a large creature, you know, no neck, head, broad shoulders. Except the weird thing is this, this figure was, was captured on FLIR, and it was colder than its surroundings, not warmer like you would expect for a, uh, you know, a mammal. So then you you know you start turning that page and it's like you you start looking at the some of the aspects that some of the cryptid researchers are looking at is you know is Bigfoot or you know Sasquatch always flesh and blood or does it you know wink in and out of existence you know is it from another universe or dimension or whatever you want to call it is it you know vectoring in and out of our reality and you know were we catching this this cold spot uh, which was a uh, cryptid shape as it was vectoring in and out of our dimension. So that's, that's a really weird aspect. The third, third type we've uh, encountered, or third time we've encountered, you know, cryptic type stuff was the, uh, the white figure, like I talked about. Uh, the folklore of this area has uh, legends of a white Sasquatch type creature. And one of my team members, uh, you know, got up in the middle of the night to take care of some biological business. And he noticed a, a large white, hulking type figure watching our campsite from behind a tree. This was about uh, 0200 hours, you know, 2 a.m. And so he went to wake up one of our other researchers to get her her FLIR to see if we could see this thing. And, uh, of course, by the time he got over to her tent, got her up and got back over there, it was gone. The next day, we went to the area where he saw it. Now, many of my team members are trained trackers. You know, we, we've been trained in how to track, you know, people and animals, you know, through uh, various types of environment. And we could find no physical indication that something was there. There was no, you know, compressed uh, vegetation. There was no scuff marks on the tree. You know, there were no uh, disturbed earth, anything like that. So it's almost like what he saw was watching us, but by some weird, you know, reason that it didn't leave any physical evidence, you know, where it didn't interact with the environment, which, you know, you go back to looking at our strange uh, low temperature entity, you know, Sasquatch type entity, it makes you wonder if these things aren't just on the edge of, uh, you know, our reality. And maybe in that state, they don't interact with the environment and they don't affect the environment that we can detect. All right. Now, you may find this interesting. We had on um, uh, a, a few weeks ago uh, a couple of guests talking about uh, a documentary called A Terror in the Sky uh, that they had worked on. And uh, one of these guys was Dave, uh, named Dave Mason, who uh, mm-hmm. electro- electronics expert, uh, photography, videography, you know, just uh, really well-versed. And he had captured some 
UFO footage uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, near Catalina Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, the odd thing was that the the UFO that he captured was uh, a lot colder than the mm-hmm. environment around him. In fact, uh, gosh, I can't remember exactly what he says, but like below zero colder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it wasn't uh, like like uh, your cryptid creature. It was uh, 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 dark using a flare camera. Yeah, which is actually kind of cool because David Altman, who I think was on your show too, with Mr. Right. Mason, David and I have talked and uh, you know discussed some of the similarities and uh, you know some of the things that you know we've seen. You know, they captured the uh, you know the proverbial tear in the sky on their FLIR. We captured you know what appeared to be a uh, disturbance. You know, in reality or in this dimension, if you want to say, and we just call it a portal because that's just a kind of an easy word where we had some of our team members actually, you know, were opaque. You know, their heat signatures disappeared when they approached this uh, this anomaly. So, you know, there's some really neat stuff out there with private researchers stepping outside of their comfort zone using technology. And I'm starting to see a lot of similarities as I... uh, you know, I reach out and I, you know, I contact or am contacted by other individuals that they're experiencing the similar phenomenology, you know, albeit maybe in a different way in the sky versus on the ground. But uh, you know, this is just really a neat, neat, amazing, fabulous time to be involved in this kind of research. Now, there are a lot of people like you around the country, around the world, lone wolves, people with small groups, etc. Any efforts being made to coordinate all this stuff? Uh, you know, there are some, you know, we're starting to talk, uh, you know, a little bit more, uh, you know, and everybody is, you know, uh, unfortunately this, this business breeds paranoia because some people just, you know, they've been burned before by others. So people tend to be a little bit more, and I'm not going to say secretive, that's too strong of a word, but a little cautious. Uh, but I have, uh, I've talked to some amazing people, uh, Katie Grabowski, you know, from Colorado, she was uh, involved with the uh, the famous Colorado ranch case, and she's uh, shared some of her notes with me. Uh, same kind of stuff. You know, I've talked to David Altman, uh, and I've talked to many, many other people, and we're starting to share some of our uh, you know, some of our experiences, and we're finding you know commonalities. You know, portals. You know, uh, that are visible on FLIR. Boxes or cubes seem to be you know, a very strange uh, commonality. And I don't know what that is, but, you know, you skinwalker ranches had boxes or cubes. We've had boxes or cubes. Uh, Katie's uh, place in Colorado have boxes and cubes. So we're starting to see some similarities now, you know, putting those together and determining what exactly that means. Ah, that's, that's the trick, you know, and do we, will we ever find out what it actually means? Maybe not, but it's awfully fun trying. I want to ask you more in our next segment about the boxes and about the cubes. Okay, so we'll get that. We've got Trey Hudson joining us this week, exploring the entire world of the paranormals, high strangeness. Mm. Tim Swartz is our special guest co-host. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey listeners, 
I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Did you know that you could easily be saving up to 90% on your taxes by simply making a phone call? That's right. The Fortune 500, the globalists, all the big billionaires and millionaires, they know about the loopholes written into the law where most of them pay almost zero tax. In fact, many of them pay no tax. You even see it on the news. How are they able to do that? But the common person can so whether you're a school teacher, a lawyer, a scientist, a millionaire, a billionaire, or whether you're just a regular blue-collar worker, everybody should learn about the legal, lawful loopholes. And we've got an organization and a group that I am so proud to be working with, American Tax Solutions. GCN has a special deal with them to get you the best rates. And here's the most important part. They save you money and then get part of the savings. This is an absolute win-win solution. You've got to give them a call at 855-907-4841 or GCN Tax Cut. That's GCNTaxCut.com. The only way you miss out is not making the phone call. Make it now. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Boxes and squares. Trey Hudson, what Boxes do you mean? Boxes and squares. Really, really neat things. I started uh, reading about, you know, places like Skinwalker Ranch and George Knapp's, uh, you know, wonderful book, Hunt for the Skinwalker. They talk about boxes or cubes flying, you know, refrigerators with blinking lights, you know. And UFO lore down in uh, Brazil, they talk about, and also in that book, they talk about something called the Chupa Chupa, which means sucker sucker, which were flying cube-like uh, UFOs in Brazil that would shoot uh, incapacitating rays, you know, at uh, some of the uh, the locals there. So we've got you know flying boxes or cubes in uh, in Utah, and we've got uh, flying boxes and cubes in Colorado. And so then turn the page. My team goes in the meadow. And uh, we observe on our equipment, on our FLIR, a cube or a box uh, manifesting, which was colder than the environment. Once again, colder than the environment. And by the time we were able to start recording, we don't run our FLIRs in record mode because it eats up the, uh, the, the power. But once we started recording, the cube and box started to dissipate. But there was enough remnants of it that we were able to dispatch a team into it, and they disappeared You know, when they approached this cube. Uh, we could not see their uh, their FLIR image, their heat. Once they entered this thing, we have tried in vain to recreate it. We have not been able to uh, 
in that environment to, to come up with a situation where a person's heat signature is totally opaque. You know, we just cannot recreate what happened to us. Uh, I was at a UFO conference and was approached by uh, Katie, and she said, oh, my goodness, Tratton, I've, I've wanted to talk to you. You know, I've been waiting for you to get here. And I'm like, okay, you know, why is it? She goes, well, let me explain to you and describe what's happened at the Colorado Ranch. You know, they also had boxes and cubes, you know, with lights witnessed by various people at this this area of high strangeness. So there's something about boxes or cubes, you know, seems to be a common theme or a common formation, you know, in some of these areas of high strangeness. Now, you know, like I had said before, you know, do we really know what that means? Not yet. I'm hoping to get more data from you know, various individuals, maybe, uh, you know, that work in uh, other places. I, I'd love to you know, talk to some of the people doing the research out of Skinwalker Ranch. I'd love to really dig into, uh, you know, some of the uh, the NIDS uh, reports as those, you know, start becoming uh, declassified. And, uh, you know, maybe try to crack the code on these mysterious cubes as they, uh, you know, they float around the world and exhibit all kind of strange behaviors and phenomena. The portal... We'll just call it a mm-hmm. portal <laughs> that yeah. you uh, uh, yeah. recorded on your FLIR, and then uh, and then you vectored, you know, your team members uh, to that area. What were they experiencing at the time? Could they see with just you know, like their you know their 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 naked eyes, anything different in the environment? Yeah, that's a great question. We uh, we did a very in depth after action review, you know, debriefing after after this experience. So, you know, while it, while it just happened, you know, hours before, you know, I was able to get the experiences from my team members. And the way they described it is thus. They said it was like walking into a black velvet bag, very dark, not oppressive, not claustrophobic, but just dark, like something was sucking up all the light. When they went into this area, they moved into it easily, you know, didn't have any kind of encumbrances, you know, no briars or brambles or branches or you know stickers or anything like that they just moved into it very easily and they said it was cold the temperature dropped while they were there which you know makes sense because it was actually colder than the environment when we originally picked it up on our FLIR and where it gets weird is when they turned around and backed out of this they started encountering branches and brambles that weren't there before now they were taking the same route in and out but it's almost like the environment had shifted just a little bit to where these encumbrances were not present when they went in, but had manifested and had reverted back to their natural state when they backed out of it. You know, as this thing started to dissipate, the environment started returning back to normal. So they started, you know, getting hung up on vines and stuff as they were backing out. It, it's almost like reality was altered just a little bit while this thing was uh, actually manifesting. And then as it slowly, you know, devolved or, you know, started to dissipate, the environment returned to its natural state. Now, you were watching this on your FLIR at the same time that they entered yes. and then they backed out. Could you see yes. a difference when they started to back out? I mean, you know, did this, uh, this portal continue looking the same or was there a change? Yeah, there was a change. It was uh, when it was first detected by my team, uh, it was very distinct. You know, it was a large cube, you know, very, very defined. Once we started recording it and started vectoring our team, it started to dissipate. You could vaguely see the outline of it, but it was starting to to fade. And when our team went into it, 
you know, was continuing to dissipate. And once they came out, you know, a few seconds later, it had, you know, completely dissipated. So uh, has has there been any uh, uh, repeat occurrences in this same area or was this a one off? Oh, no, there, there's been other other uh, other instances. You remember when I referred to our first cryptid sighting at the edge of the meadow where we mm-hmm. caught on film or on the photograph, what we saw was a cryptid watching us. This is uh, another instance where it gets weird. You know, I talked about the, the multifaceted nature of the occurrences. Uh, let's factor in crop circles. Why not? You know, let's, let's go there. Uh, sure. We, <laughs> we were uh, actually had dispatched a team to another field meadow about seven miles away, and we had to backpack cross country with our equipment into this meadow. And I had several team members that stayed back at base camp. So, you know, we went to this other field. We had some strange happenings about seven miles away. But while we were uh, coming back the next morning, uh, several of my team members went out to the meadow. And uh, imagine, you know, a field with grass that's about 18 inches tall, uh, you know, kind of dried out. And as they walk into the meadow, they notice a set of parallel I'm going to, I'm going to say tire tracks because that's what people can visualize. You know, imagine tire tracks, you know, in a field of high grass, but these linear features. And when I say crop circles, you know, not all crop circles are circles. These were two linear features, maybe about four feet from one another, about maybe 10 inches wide parallel to each other. But it was like something was dropped into the meadow, traveled a distance and then was lifted out. So it wasn't a vehicle, you know, something created these linear, you know, uh, disturbances and they ran for a finite, you know, length, you know, they started and stopped. And so, uh, my team members went back out there a little bit later in the morning with a full spectrum camera and lo and behold, with their full spectrum camera, when they looked through their viewfinder at the end of this track, there was a cube another cube in a little bit different location and they would step out of the tracks and the cube wasn't visible on the full spectrum camera step in the track that's visible step out it's not visible so uh in this cube was in almost the exact same area where we saw the uh had the photograph of the cryptid so you know all of this stuff is tied together somehow and uh so yes there have been other you know other cubes or portals you know in this location absolutely when you talk about crop circles I think originally about the ones in the UK that supposedly had conventional explanations that artists allegedly were creating those things. Now, of course, we have that crazy movie with Mel Gibson called Signs, which mm-hmm. had a good beginning and middle, but the ending was just another monster on the loose kind of film. But we also had a guest early on until she got involved with some kind of European fraudster psychic fraudster, a woman named Nancy Talbot, who spent a number of years investigating crop circles. So I'm going to ask you in our next segment, Trey, about the crop circles, your perception, and do you think it's possible that there really is just a conventional explanation for that? We have to look at that, Trey Hudson. We're talking about the Meadow Project, the place Somewhere in the southern United States where lots of strange things happen. With Gene and Tim, you're in The Paracast.
Hey, listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Anytime, anyplace, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. You've been hearing Dr. Wallach talking about 90 essential nutrients, keeping the body healthy. GCNteam.com now has Beyond Tangy Tangerine Tablets, 60 plant-derived minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, packed in a powerful tablet. But that's not it. 160,000 auric points, a knockout punch to free radicals, Call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. That's 
4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So, Trey, crop circles. Let's talk about that for a few minutes. We haven't really dealt with that on the Paracast. Are you familiar with Nancy Talbot? No, no. Not off the top of my head. Okay, crop circles. Now, again, the original perception in the U.K. was that they were just created. What do you think? I think you have to look at it, of course, with a skeptic's eye. I think that's healthy. Of course, you've had fraudsters and hoaxers out there that have made crop circles. You know, very intricate designs, you know, that defy, you know, logic. And then, you know, ha, 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 you know, six months later, somebody has a video of them with, you know, boards and a rope, you know, stomping these things out based you know, on a, a grid system. Take that for what it's worth. Where it really gets interesting, if once again, if you start seeing different types of phenomena in the same geographical locations, if you have UFO sightings that go back, you know, several years. And then in conjunction with those UFO sightings, you have crop circles. And then in conjunction with that, you have other strange phenomena. Then you have to start putting maybe a little bit of credence to it. And especially if it's an area that's, you know, not well known, you know, like our location. You know, it just wouldn't make sense for someone to go out in the middle, literally in the middle of nowhere. You know, you have to hike to this place to get to it, you know, to make two linear tracks, which quite frankly, aren't that impressive until you start really thinking about it. So, you know, I think crop circles, uh, they make sense. I think what's interesting, like uh, some of the research that's done where people have taken our uh, radiation readings. Okay, now we have a physical anomaly, the crop circle, and then we have an energetic anomaly, radiation, that is higher than background radiation. Now you start putting it together. And then if you tie it into where people said, okay, we saw Orbs, you know, there have been people report, reporting uh, orbs, you know, in these fields before the circles manifested themselves. Then you start getting into something that might be, you know, true anomalous, uh, you know, type happenings versus, uh, you know, some hoaxer or trickster, you know, trying to pull a fast one. It also makes me think, though, you know, when you talk about how these lines just kind of began and ended in the middle of nowhere. I know years ago when I was uh, looking into uh, a Bigfoot sighting, I was in this field, river bottom, very close to the river, extremely muddy, very muddy, and came across these uh, tracks, very large, bare feet, that just started in the middle of nowhere and ended in the middle of nowhere. You know, it's it just like whatever it was, just dropped down from the sky, you know, walked uh, about a dozen yards, and then just went back up into the sky again. So, I mean, you know, we've we've seen these kind of circumstances before. And like you said, if this was a hoax, why would somebody out in the middle of nowhere do something like this? Yeah, and, and how would they do it? You know, that's, right. uh, yeah. and I, you know, one, one of my, uh, my research partners actually, you know, was talking about that uh, not too long ago, uh, you know, that they've encountered prints that just start you know, go a distance and stop. And, you know, I alluded to it earlier, we're trackers, we're trained in that. So usually we can detect, you know, variations in the environment as somebody you know, moves through it or some creature moves through it. 
So, you know, that goes back to kind of what we were talking about earlier. Uh, you know, is Sasquatch always a physical entity or can it wink in and out of existence? So I think more people are starting to look at that possibility, you know, and some people make fun of it and say, well, you know, that's the woo factor. But like I, I tell people, you know, I didn't go looking for the woo. The woo found me. And I have to take it into consideration if I'm honest with myself. So absolutely. You know, I think perhaps that's crop circles, you know, manifest in the same way. Uh, I know we've had like our mysterious tracks manifest. And now you're talking about, you know, uh, large cryptid tracks manifesting in the same way. So, yeah, we would be foolish not to, to look at that uh, possibility. Yeah, I think anybody who spends a significant amount of time looking into this stuff finds that the uh, the the woo factor quickly catches up to them. Oh yeah, it'll it'll definitely find you. I mean, you know, whether you want to or not, it's gonna it's gonna appear, you know, jump out and say howdy, and uh, you know, you have to make the decision whether you want to stick out your hand and say howdy back or just pretend like it didn't happen. Earlier, you had mentioned uh, somebody or, or somebody's who had missing time experiences uh, mm-hmm. during their investigations. Do you uh, want to go into that? Is this an association uh, with the, uh, the the portals? Uh, well, it was actually a previous uh, research outing from the portals, and this, uh, you know, this is a very weird, weird weekend, you know, expedition also. The way uh, we started off is kind of approaching it from a, uh, and forgive me, I'm, I'm an old military guy, but an LPOT, LPOP, listening and observation post. Okay, so we were going to set up teams in the meadow equipped with a FLIR, night vision, radios, and we were going to have a uh, ridge runner, you know, somebody move across this ridge that's adjacent to it and see if something could be flushed down into the meadow that we could detect with our equipment or if he could see something from his high vantage point. And so we had three teams set up in the meadow, you know, with their equipment and, you know, radioed the individual, hey, we're ready for you to go ahead and start approaching the meadow, move up on top of the ridge, and then drop down and work your way back to us. After a while, we got a radio call, you know, saying, hey, guys, I reached this landmark, which is a, a particular tree that's, you know, been over th- this trail. And we all know where it is. He says, you know, I got to this landmark and I don't remember how I got here. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, I don't, don't know how I got here. So of course the first thing that pops into mind is a medical emergency. You know, we have paramedics and emergency room nurses and people on our team and they're like, okay, maybe this is a medical issue, you know? So, you know, as, as much as they could over the radio, they said, okay, we're going to do a quick assessment. Can you feel your extremities? Yes. Okay. Uh, repeat, Mary had a little lamb to us. Okay. He repeated it. There was no slurring. There was no forgetting the words. You know, everything was fine. Uh, you know, have you lost any vision? No, my vision is fine. Does your head hurt? No, my head doesn't hurt. So, you know, like, you know, everybody, we try to put things into our boxes. You know, we have our own normalcy bias, which comes into play. So it's like, okay, obviously he got focused on something else. He, you know, zoned out and got there and doesn't remember how he got there. Like, you know, sometimes we people drive to work and don't remember driving. They just, you know, show up at their office as they were daydreaming. And uh, we just chalked it off to that. Okay. So it gets starts getting a little stranger. He, he moves across the top of the ridge, drops down into the meadow, and starts working his way back towards uh, one of the teams. Uh, the team member that picked him up initially when he dropped back in the meadow was a uh, – a, a very, very learned individual has uh, 
two master's degrees, a undergrad degrees from Georgia Tech. Uh, you know, very very smart guy. His associate that was with him has a degree in physics uh, from Georgia Tech. Former U.S. Army Ranger uh, with the reconnaissance regiment or reconnaissance company. You know, very solid, educated, down to earth guys. So they pick up this gentleman that just had the missing time on their FLIR, and they see his outline, his signature, his heat signature, a man-shaped heat signature, starting to move towards him. And then this heat signature, through their FLIR, turned into a ball of energy, a sphere. Let's stop it right here. A ball of energy. How about that? Trey, Gene, Tim. Tim's a ball of energy sometimes. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions, silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs Generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs Generator and Lung Delivery System at silverlungs.com. That's silverlungs.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. USA Radio News with Kenneth Burns. Marriott is suspending all of its operations in Russia. The hotel company is citing restrictions imposed by the U.S., U.K., and E.U. Marriott International said in a statement it has come to view that the newly announced restrictions will make it impossible for them to continue to operate or franchise hotels in the Russian market. The company closed its Moscow office and paused the opening of new hotels and all future hotel investment in Russia following the invasion of Ukraine 101 days ago. The baby formula plant that was shuttered after a federal inspection has reopened, the Abbott Nutrition Plant in Sturges, Michigan, had been closed for five months after an FDA inspection discovered unsanitary conditions. The factory produced most of the country's supply of powdered Similac and specialty formulas. Its closure led to the national shortage of baby formula. This is USA Radio News. The GOP nominee for Senator of Pennsylvania is the celebrity Dr. Mehmet Oz. His opponent, former hedge fund CEO Dave McCormick, conceded to Oz on Friday. He said it became clear to him that Oz would be the nominee with the recount largely completed. Oz will go on to face Democratic Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman in the fall. Fetterman has been off the campaign trail in recent weeks after suffering a stroke. He said on Friday that he almost died and urged people to not ignore doctor's orders. A change in view will mean a change in jobs for a Republican congressman. New York's Chris Jacobs says he will not run for a second term. He broke from his party when he announced that he would support an assault weapons ban. 
Jacobs told the Buffalo News that the mass shooting in Texas and the racially motivated shooting at a Buffalo grocery store changed his stance. That prompted every elected GOP leader who endorsed his re-election bid to withdraw their support. Jacobs also lost the backing of the Republican and conservative parties in the Empire State. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hey folks, Tom D. for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, ghosts, zombies, UFOs, crop circles, and more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people who seek a little more than the other dating services offer. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and you want to connect with others, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. So many people want to share their experiences with the paranormal, the afterlife, the unusual. And this is the place to meet and share common interests with those of like minds. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. That's ParanormalDate.com. Use the code word GEORGE and start meeting others. Get going now and connect with someone you like. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So I called Tim Swartz, a ball of energy, and he sounds like he's going to go to sleep. Wake up, Tim. Tim was a ball of effervescence, you know, just ready to pop at any moment. Well, something's about to pop. I don't know what. (laughs) But, you know, so, you know, they're observing this, this, uh, our, our compatriot, his heat signature all of a sudden turns into a spherical shape and moves you know, over a section of the field, over a section of the meadow at a very high rate of speed. And we calculated the distance covered in the amount of time that whatever this was, it was moving at about 23 to 25 miles per hour over rugged terrain. Impossible. Humans can't do that. So all of a sudden, this ball of energy manifests itself back into a man-shaped heat signature. And they're like, oh, my God, something bad has happened to our friends. So they get on the radio and they call him. And they're watching through their FLIR and they see this figure, you know, pick up the radio, bring it to its mouth and reply. It's like, you know, oh, my goodness, you know, are you okay? And he said, yes, I'm fine. You know, why, why are you asking? Well, you need to come over to us and we'll talk about it. We don't want to talk about it over the radio. So he comes over to him. And uh, they explain what they observed. You know, we saw you and you're standing there and you turn into a ball of energy and you move, you know, at rapid speed, you know, for 100 yards, turn back into a man-shaped figure and walk over to us. And he said, what What did it feel like? And he goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. I just was walking across the field like normal, you know, not from his perception and his perspective, nothing was out of the ordinary. He was just walking along. So we we still argue about whose perception was altered. You know, was it the observer or the observed? You know, and then you start getting into all kinds of quantum, you know, effects and stuff with the observer effect and things like that. So, you know, they, they witnessed this. So we've had missing time. We had the manifestation of uh, the ball of energy. And the next morning, 
this gentleman was showing us his uh, his GPS. Now he has a uh, a very good habit of always having his GPS on whenever he he's in the woods recording his uh, track line, you know exactly where he went. And as he's showing us this in the morning, he had several straight line tracks showing him in places that he never went to and straight line tracks over terrain that you can't move in a straight line on the ground. But you can move in a straight line if you're in the air. Places he never went to. Yes. Okay. Like there was a, a very, there's a very large creek, you know, I'm talking 20, 30 feet wide, you know, very, very large creek, body of water, that his track line showed him on the other side of this, this water feature. He never went over there. You know, he wasn't wet. You know, he never w- doesn't remember going over there, but yet his GPS shows him traveling for a significant distance on the other side of this major terrain feature. So, you know, when I going back to what I alluded to earlier, I hope to do a little bit of a regression, hypnotic regression, to start to punch through some of these screen memories to see maybe what really happened during some of these uh, remarkable events. I wanted to ask you about possible regression since you brought it up. Do you have someone there who's a trained mental health therapist who could do this right? I'm, I'm working with, uh, like I said, my alma mater. Uh, I reached out to one of the, uh, the psychologists and, and therapists there to see if we can maybe find somebody that uh, can not only you know, do uh, some hypnoregression but some therapy and uh, see if we can figure out what exactly happened uh, to, to several of my members. Uh, this, the same individual that uh, had the very strange uh, experience with the missing time, uh, we were at another location camping another base camp and while the team was out he had stayed back at camp by himself which is something we try not to do for obvious reasons but we just didn't have the personnel to have two people back at base camp that particular uh, outing and while he was uh, at base camp he heard a very distinct sound of a a vehicle moving along a road that's about 30 30 meters from the uh, this base camp you know that runs adjacent to it that you you turn into to get to the camp. And so he extinguished all the lights in base camp. And he heard the distinct sound of like the crunching of gravel, like a vehicle passed by base camp, but with no lights. Now, this place is in the middle of nowhere on a dark, moonless night. You can't drive a vehicle, you know, through these darkened roads with no lights, unless you have the, the highest uh, quality military night vision, which, you know, isn't very, uh, very common. And where it gets really weird is while this craft, and I'm just going to use the word craft because we don't know what it was, passed by him, we are now running Geiger counters because we've noticed that there is a correlation between radiation spikes and high strangeness. While this craft passed by him, uh, he had a radiation spike of 0.66 microsieverts per hour above the baseline of uh, 0.02 microsieverts per hour. So it was a very significant radiation spike. I know nothing about radiation levels. Does that I mean, level, not, that's what I'm going to ask, yes. Is it dangerous? Yeah, it's, it's, no, no, it's not dangerous. It's not a, you know, it's not a dangerous level, but, you know, from an empirical point of view, it's significant. You know, it's, you know, it was a significant increase, which uh, we could not explain, you know, 
uh, you know, with, with normal reasons. And we see these radiation spikes uh, whenever we're experiencing some certain elements of high strangeness. Now, very interesting is now I'm learning that other places of high strangeness are starting to show the same spikes of radiation. You know, not significant, not dangerous, but just enough to make you notice and to call some sort of empirical, you know, tick mark, you know, in the experience, uh, you know, when these things happen. So once again, you know, regression, you know, can we punch through? Was that a screen memory? You know, he remembers hearing a something pass by. He looks at his Geiger counter. You know, he had this, this tiny radiation spike. And that's what I remember. But what's on the other side of that memory? You know, that's my question. So, uh, you know, maybe sometime in the near future, we'll, we'll get some answers. Uh, you know, not only some of his experiences, but some of my other team members that have had some uh, very odd happenings. Now, I should mention most listeners of the PowerCast know this. I am not a fan of hypnotic regression, especially trying to get accurate interpretations of some kind of traumatic event that someone might have experienced. And I also have problems with screen memories because they don't Mm -hmm. make sense to me. If that was uh, an Mm -hmm. encounter with E.T. and they make you forget what happened and you have this simple screen memory that you can penetrate, dealing with a race way beyond us, traveling here from interstellar space or another dimension, if they want us to forget what happened, they can do it. They don't need to pull this carelessness, just a perception. And that's an honest perception. I never mentioned E.T., and I never said these these screen memories were implanted. Uh, Psychologically, sometimes as a way of dealing with trauma or events that are outside of our normalcy bias, we'll try to create a, a version of the event that makes sense to us. It's, it's a defensive mechanism that we do as humans. Uh, and, you know, there are ways to get through that, you know, and hip, hypnosis is a way when combined with therapy that you can peel back the layers, you know, and actually look at what was the original event. You know, whatever caused it, you know, I'm not saying extraterrestrials or, you know, but as we start, you know, looking at traumatic events, uh, especially with returning servicemen from overseas and, you know, and start looking at uh, trauma care, you know, psychological trauma care is, uh, you know, we, we tend to create a version of things that are more palatable to our psychological well-being. Basically, then, it's a cover story to cover up something yeah, I mean, that may have been a lot more traumatic to them. We've got Trey and Gene and Tim. Are you awake, Tim? You're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code 
legendary to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Now with orders to stay at home, public health concerns, the reality of illness due to pathogens and viruses, your health is at an all-time high risk. That's why it's critical to take a proactive approach to boost your immune system. You can with new nano-colloidal silver from AmeriCare. Our patented process with tiny silver particles, one one-hundredth the size of a red blood cell, allows for maximum body absorption. AmeriCare's nano-colloidal silver effectively disinfects your body internally, attacking pathogens and viruses while supercharging your immune system. Colloidal silver is antibacterial and antiviral. Simply put, it prohibits bacterial respiration, suffocating viral cells, preventing the virus from replicating. And now, due to public health concern, AmeriCare is authorized to offer our lowest and best price ever, around a dollar a day. But supplies are limited. Purchase nano-colloidal silver now at ImmuneSupportNow.com. That's ImmuneSupportNow.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Supplies are limited. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. I asked Tim Swartz if he was awake, 
and his voice went up about 12 octaves. Now that, is, that is an impressive falsetto. What can I say? No, go ahead, please. So we're talking here oh. about missing time. How long was the missing time? We really don't know because, you know, all we know is, uh, unfortunately, we didn't log when he left, you know, base camp moving to this location. So we don't know, you know, what the missing time was. It was significant enough. I, I would say traveling at a normal rate of speed, maybe 15 minutes, you know, from where he left to this landmark takes about 15 minutes to walk there. So, uh, you know, that would be, you know, 15 minutes. Is it, you know, two hours? No, it's not two hours. But it was significant enough that we made note of it. And then you you combine this with these other very strange, bizarre happenings with this individual, you know, over that particular uh, evening, you know, it starts to paint a very strange picture. And, uh, you know, maybe we can get down to the bottom of it. Maybe not. But, uh, and we're certainly going to, if I can find the right therapist, uh, we're certainly certainly going to give it a go. Are we talking here just to clarify of one person or a number of people? Now, this was one person. The, the, all these phenomena happened to one person, which is okay. very weird because the one person you know, has these very strange experiences. So, you know, what does that mean? You know, why do you have this one person, you know, experiencing the craft or vehicle you know, passing by the camp blacked out. You know, why is this one person having the missing time? You know, why was this one person observed by, you know, two witnesses, you know, turning into a ball of energy on our fleer and moving? So I have no, I have no explanation why this one person is particularly involved in, you know, these instances of high strangeness. If he disappears before your eyes, you'll know. Yeah, I know. I'll tie a rope to his foot and hopefully, you know, find out where he goes and pull him back. Yeah, we kind of call him the, the weird magnet because, you know, it always seems to be focused on him. Now, we have, you know, some other individuals that have had some very strange things happen. We had a individual, very down-to-earth individual, had an enge- engineering degree from the Air Force Academy, was an Air Force Special Operations, now is a very highly sought-after consultant in his uh, area of expertise. We have uh, had done Stephen Greer's... Uh, CE5 protocol one evening, and I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's a way of uh, projecting intent, you know, if there's, you know, a vessel or entities that want to communicate with us, you know, please communicate with us, and, you know, we're here to receive what you have to say, et cetera, et cetera, and uh, it was a complete bust. Well, we're not fans, by the way, on this show of Stephen Greer. In fact, the last time we had him on twice early on, and the last time we had him on... I think he was about to really go off on us. Mm. We've got to be careful in this business, not, not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. You know, some people that we might not agree with do have some perhaps decent techniques, you know, that are worth exploring. So anyway, I'm not going to get into the whole Stephen Greer thing. But anyway, we were trying that protocol out to see if we could perhaps you know get something out of it. Like I said, we bring different tools you know, into our uh, toolbox and give them a shot. See if it, something works, see if it doesn't. So long story short, we were trying the uh, CE5 protocol, didn't really have very good results with it, and thought it was a complete bust. So during the night, this individual I told you about, this uh, Air Force Academy engineer, came to me the next morning and said, Trey, I had uh, this weird experience. He said, you know, about 4.30 in the morning, he said, I sat up wide awake, and I had this term in my brain, you know, this 
these words etched into my consciousness. And the word was Knox Magby. You know, if you were to spell it phonetically, N-O-X-M-A-G-B-E, Knox Magby. He goes, does that mean anything to you? I'm like, no, not at all. And he said, and about 6.30, once again, I sat up wide awake with this term, you know, just in my mind. And I said, well, you know, I'll research it, see if I can find anything out about it. But it doesn't, you know, off the top of my head, it doesn't have any significance. So I started digging into it. And I found out that Nox, N-O-X, is the Roman term for the night goddess, goddess of the night, N-O-X. And that was a variation of the Greek goddess Nyx, goddess of the night. So we got the night goddess, Nox. Magby. I had, it took me a while to dig that one up, is a uh, old English word, which was uh, spoken about that the time of the end of the Roman occupation of Britain, and during the time Beowulf was written. And it means kindred or children, Magby or Magba. So if you put the two words together, you have children of the night goddess. So you know, what does that mean? You know, Why would he have the term, an old, old, Contemporaneous his term of a Roman term and an old English term, children of the night goddess. Well, you know, if I start thinking about it, what comes to people at night that are small and have large heads like children, you know, you start thinking about it, you know, there's a really good example of something like that on the cover of Whitley Strieber's book Communion. So is that what that was about? Was that a download or some sort of communication? You know, children of the night goddess, I don't know. You know, they just, you know, these pieces fall into my lap, but they don't necessarily go together to make a coherent puzzle. So, you know, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what all of these various experiences and uh, anomalies mean. Was he watching any particular kind of movie or TV show the night before? Anything that could have caused him to dream something weird? No, no. we We were literally in the middle of the woods. You know, no, uh, don't even have cell communication, you know, in this area. So, and, and, the, and the thing is, if he was, uh, you know, had had a, uh, an impression, you know, from a TV show, a book, et cetera, why would it manifest using, you know, that particular term? You know, it's, which he didn't even know what it meant. So it's, uh, it was very weird. Uh, and, uh, you know, Ryan Musgrave, who wrote The Children of Orion, uh, he and I have talked, and he, he says it's a Gaelic term, and he thinks that it might be tied into a, what he calls a, a, a crypto, uh, uh, crypto-terrestrials, I believe is the term he uses. So, you know, there's a, you know, there's a lot of ways to look at that particular instance, uh, you know, and a lot of different uh, explanations for it. But that's just, you know, that's just one instance of this, uh, this very strange place. Now, crypto-terrestrials was also a term used by the late Mac Tonys for a book that he wrote shortly yeah. before he died, and this is like 15 years ago or something like that, where he suggested like a breakaway civilization, another civilization of advanced beings that exists on Earth, and they send us the flying saucers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and... Uh you know, one example that, you know, some people point to in that particular is uh, Chris Bledsoe, you know, some of his experiences. Uh, so, you know, this stands a reason and you start putting, you know, all of these pieces together, 
you know, and all we all looking at a, like I said, a different facet of the same phenomenon. You know, it's it's possible. It's one of the frustrating things for investigators is that they're they're given it seems almost like bits and pieces of information that for them at that particular time don't go together so i often wonder if you know when the time comes when everybody can finally you know get together and get all of their information together if things will start to make more sense, you know, you get a little bit of information, somebody else years later gets a little bit of information, somebody years in the past gets information that someday can all be brought together to make some kind of sense. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Uh, you know, like I said, my I was trained in the military as an intelligence officer. So, you know, what we were trained to do is take bits of information. And, you know, information is not intelligence. Information is information. But once you start getting other pieces of information that start to corroborate one another, then you start being able to paint a picture and get a, 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 a wholer, you know, more complete version of what's going on. And then you can generate intelligence. And you can act on intelligence. So, you know, as these little bits of information start coming in from different people, different sources, different locations, and they start to corroborate one another, then you can maybe start developing a picture of maybe not so much what's going on, but maybe the phenomenology that accompanies these happenings, like, you know, radiation, uh, you know, things like that. And you can start maybe coming up with a predictive model of when these things will start happening, you know, radiation, uh, variations in temperature. We're starting to see that. So, I think we're starting to get maybe a clearer picture of what may be some indicators of uh, high strangeness. We've got to break here. We've got more with Trey, Gene, and Tim. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. 
You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give Federal Tax Management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the Federal Tax Management hotline now 800-503-8625-800-503-8625-800-503-8625 welcome back to the paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio and now here's gene steinberg Lots of strange things going on. And Trey Hudson's talking about it. Trey, why don't I ask you just a quick question here. Because of your intelligence background, have you been looking at all at what's been going on here with the government's investigation of UFOs, particularly those congressional hearings a couple of weeks back? Uh, yeah, I have. I have. You know, and I will, I will say this. I am one of those government guys that has never been involved in anything with UAPs in my career. So, you know, I'm not, you know, some person I said, you know, I, you know, I work with, you know, some secret program, you know, I've never had anything to do with that, but, you know, as a interested observer and outsider, you know, I've watched this trickle, trickle, drip, drip of information coming out from the, the government, specifically the department of defense. And this is the way I look at it is, you know, I've always felt like, uh, you know, UAPs, previously called UFOs, you know, were real. You know, people were experiencing real things. They were seeing real things. You know, they weren't flights of fancy or, or mere imagination. Especially with the, uh, with the disclosure of the uh, Gimbal, Go Fast, and Tic Tac videos, I started looking at it through a lens of credibility. Here you have naval aviators. And, uh, and I believe in my heart of hearts that the Navy is not the only agency or uh, military branch experiencing this. I think the you know, Army, Air Force, uh, Marines, and others have experienced it too. But in this particular case, you have uh, naval aviators, most of whom have uh, degrees in aeronautical engineering, so they know how things fly. And more importantly, they know how things don't fly. You take these, these guys and gals and you put them in the most advanced uh, platform available in this particular case of F-18 Hornet. You take this platform and you equip it with the, the most advanced sensing capability, radar, you know, search radar, targeting radar, FLIR, infrared, visual, you know, all of these phenomena are the phenomenologies that can detect you know, things in their environment. So you have trained engineers, highly educated people, seeing these objects, detecting it with their equipment, making an assessment that it's flying in a non-ballistic way, in ways in which aircraft, as we understand it, cannot fly. They have radar data, they have IR data, they have visual data, and back in their uh, ships, they have additional corroborating uh, uh, radar data uh, from targeting radar or uh, shipboard radar. So you put all this together, and it's a very compelling, to me, proof that these things are real. You know, something is flying around 
moving in non-ballistic fashions, you know, in a way that aircraft can't fly. And I think any thinking person that looks at this data in an objective way has to come to the conclusion that obviously UAPs are real, they do exist, and it's something worthy of further study. Well, certainly um, they are not going to admit tomorrow, hey, ET is here, or whatever answer might explain UFOs, unless it is something hugely conventional. They won't do it. Right. And, you know, I hear people come up to me and say, oh, you know, the government can't keep a secret. And I'm here to tell you, I know for a fact the government can keep secrets for a very, very long time if they want to. And so, I mean, it's very possible that, you know, the, the knowledge of existence of you know, these crafts and you know, perhaps even the entities that are controlling these crafts have been known to the government for a very long time. And now why we're starting to see disclosure now is anybody's guess. You know, perhaps it's just gathered so much inertia that the, maybe we're not going to let the cat out of the bag, but maybe we'll let you see the tail, you know, tip of the tail or maybe one paw. You know, that was enough to keep you from opening up the bag and trying to pull the rest of the cat out. So who knows? It's kind of an exciting time. Uh, you know, I feel vindicated. Uh, I remember my uh, my youngest daughter would tease me, you know, over the years saying, well, you know, UFOs aren't real. I'm like, oh, okay. And now, you know, much to her chagrin, she has to admit, yes, they are. And I think a lot of people are in the same position of, uh, you know, A, being vindicated or B, having to accept the reality that, you know, U- UAPs are in fact a reality. And uh, we don't know what they are. Having an intelligence background, let's look at this. UFOs first became popular in the U.S. in the late 1940s. The mystery has persisted off and on for many years. If you had a secret then, how would you keep it a secret generation after generation with new personnel, new presidents, etc.? Good point. There are things, and people refer to them as black ops or black projects, that can be kept secret over multiple generations or years. And I'll give you an example. This would not be classified, so you know people can look this up for themselves. The F-117 stealth fighter. The F-117 was uh, developed, developed into a prototype, built into a prototype, went into production, and was operational in 1977. It didn't become public until 1988. And there was an operational squadron operating all over the world, with with missions all over the world, with operational F-117 stealth fighters. And it didn't become known until 1988. So going all the way back to the development piece of radar building materials, faceted airframes, you know, back even before they became operational in 1977, they kept that secret of that technology all the way back from, you know, maybe even the 60s, all the way back up until they decided to publicly disclose the existence of F-117 in 1988. And that's because they chose to disclose it. But you had an operational squadron for many, many years with a cover story, you know, with... uh Their actual base they were flying out of was not the base that they were uh, supposedly operating out of. They had a cover story. Uh, The cover story had them flying different types of aircraft when, in fact, these these pilots were flying F-117s. So that's just one example. So, yes, they can keep a secret multi-generations 
uh, the secrecy uh, oaths are very tight on these things. Is you know there are things that people have experienced, uh, you know, years and years ago that they are still held to the same secrecy oath. 50, 60, 70 years later, and they will not talk about some of the stuff they experienced earlier in their careers. So absolutely, the government can keep a secret, uh, and they've done it. And, you know, the, you know, people talk about, you know, the Chinese had this capability or the Russians had this capability, and, you know, there's stuff that DARPA, DARPA is working on that will absolutely blow your mind, that is so, is so far beyond anything you can imagine, but it's all kept with on the, the, the other side of that, that black ops world, that those black projects that, you know, we can't penetrate uh, into. And only certain people in the government, a very few handful of people have knowledge, complete knowledge of these uh, projects because so many elements of it are compartmentalized. Okay, you say stuff that can blow our minds. Specifically, what do you think? You know, and I'm, you know, and once again, I'm, I'm not going to talk about anything that I have personal knowledge of. I'm just going to talk about stuff that I can speculate on. Is I think that there are craft, you know, aircraft that have capabilities uh, that you know are, are much more advanced than uh, you know we think. Maybe travel at higher speeds that have uh, you know are undetectable. That maybe travel you know up in the edge of space. You know, hypersonic missiles are the big thing right now. Uh, you know, I would imagine, and I don't have any personal knowledge of this, but, you know, the U.S. has hypersonic capabilities that we don't disclose, you know, that nobody will know about it until they know about it, maybe on the receiving end of it. Uh, Let's do our break uh, here because you raise an issue here that's worth discussing, which is possibly some or at least some of the UFO scene. So what happens here is maybe, just maybe, there are tests, aircraft, missiles, whatever, drones that are being seen. Of course, they don't want to admit that. So they allow people to identify them as UFOs. I'll ask Trey about that in our next segment with Gene and Trey and Tim. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Here's a question for you. Why is it that some people aren't as stressed out about the future as you'd think they'd be? Answer? They're probably among the millions of Americans who have prepared themselves with emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. 
If the worst ever happens, literally millions of American families are already protected from dealing with empty store shelves. Is yours? If not, go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now and grab some emergency food kits, at least one for each member of your family. These kits give you a wide variety of delicious meals that average over 2,000 calories per day. Everything stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage. Order your kits now by going to MyPatriotSupply.com. Your order will ship fast and arrive discreetly in unmarked boxes. Listen, this is something you need to jump on now, before the next news headline stuns the world. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNLoans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNLoans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNLoans.com. That's GCNLoans.com. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big, bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-932-5140. That's 800-932-5140. Anyone can fall victim to moving fraud. Know your rights and responsibilities. There was never really a valid contract. Movers must always give written estimates. I was bound to an estimate, but it was after the fact. Be sure that any document is complete before signing it and that it includes information to determine the final charges. It was a version that I had not seen before. Visit protectyourmove.gov to download a free moving fraud prevention guide. Search for registered movers and view their complaint histories. Move with confidence. This is Robert Hastings, author of UFOs and Nukes, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Okay, Trey, what's your reaction to that? Do you think a certain percentage of UFO sightings are due to advanced craft of some sort? Yes. Yes, absolutely. And going back to the F-117 example, you know, you have this really... You know, just think back to the first time you saw, you know, an F-117. It was so bizarre looking. You know, it didn't look like any kind of aircraft that we were familiar with. And they have to fly these aircraft, not only when they're doing the research and development, but also operationally, they have to get them from point A to point B. You know, they try to do that uh, in times when they shouldn't be observed, but inevitably somebody might see something. You know, I saw a black triangle flying, you know, across the sky. Well, 
you know, you go back to the B-2 bomber, it looks like a giant flying black triangle. So nobody's going to jump up and say, oh, you know, what you really saw was a classified airframe that we're developing. Folks are just going to back off and let people run in whatever direction they want to. Now, remember, UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, UFO, Unidentified Flying Object. If you don't know what it is, it's unidentified. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there was a, a case that was referred to open source, I want to say about six months ago, where there was a TFR, Temporary Flight Restriction, created above one of the uh, the ranges where it's believed that the Department of Defense tests advanced aircraft. And it was a temporary flight restriction that extended from this, this range, created a corridor out to the Pacific Ocean for a very narrow period of time. And then they opened this corridor back up uh, on a temporary flight restriction all the way back to the test range. So, you know, you can put two and two together. They were flying some sort of airframe from this test range out to the Pacific Ocean to do some sort of testing or whatever, or maybe even an operation, and then flying it back. And they cleared the airspace for this thing to, you know, come back undetected. You know, drone technology is so advanced now. You know, it's it's far beyond you know what I ever thought it would be. So yeah, absolutely. I think uh, things are once again identified as unidentified objects, UFOs, which have a, a normal technological and terrestrial explanation. I mean, it, it just stands to reason. So unfortunately, you know, for those folks that are researching you know, UA, UAPs. That throws a lot of uh, noise into the signal-to-noise ratio. So you have these normal, you know, test flights of advanced aircraft going on, and that just gets thrown into the mix with all this other stuff. Now, where you know where the rubber really meets the road is when things fly in a way that are so uncharacteristic, you know, that it would kill a pilot, you know, to stop, you know, within a millisecond, you know, from five thousand miles an hour to a dead stop. And then you know, turn 90 degrees and stop and do these non-ballistic flight patterns. You know, that's really you know, where you have to start wondering, what am I actually seeing? Also, I think here, if we really had some super advanced aircraft, spies from other countries would get wind of it. And they'd be a lot more careful in some of the things that they're doing. I was looking, yeah. by the way, at the photo of the F-117 Nighthawk. And this is interesting. It almost looks like the craft that they fly around with in the TV show Stargate SG-1. Yeah, and, you know, there's uh, there's other uh, supposed aircraft like the Aurora, you know, that you hear rumors about, you know, which is supposed to have been the replacement for the SR-71. Uh, you know, now there's some speculation that there's, uh, you know, very fast, uh, high-altitude drones, you know, that they're flying. Uh, and once again, you know, for anybody listening, this is speculation on my part. I'm not affiliated with any program even remotely like that. Yeah, I think that's that's a reasonable assumption that, you know, these are misidentifications. And, you know, you get people that just, you know, they have their own bias that they want these things to be something that perhaps they're not, you know. And, uh, you know, we always have to look at things with a high degree of uh, skepticism. You know, maybe... You know, like, uh, you know, Sigmund Freud said, sometimes a cigar, you know, really is a cigar. You know, sometimes an aircraft flying, you know, in an advanced nature really is just an aircraft flying in advanced nature that's not disclosed to the public. I think one of the things that uh, frustrates me and, and, and a lot of people, Gene included, 
is that a lot of the talk right now um, with the military seems to forget that there were UFO sightings before, say, like 2016. Uh, um, you know, which yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, and a lot of a lot of reporters, you know, just you know, uh, who aren't familiar with the UFO phenomena, seems to take this as well. Maybe they are advanced aircraft, uh, you know, from either this country or you know some other country. Forgetting that you know people have been seeing uh, uh, UAPs for probably thousands of years. Exactly. You go back, uh, you know, you go back into the great, you know, airship scare of the 1800s, you know, where they were seeing these mysterious airships, you know, you know, flying around the United States. And then, you know, go back even further into antiquity, you know, you have uh, culturally, you know, in Japanese culture and you know, European culture, you know, images and, uh, you know, effigies of, you know, flying craft that, you know, obviously they did not have aircraft back then. So, yeah, I mean, I think some of the uh, some of the sightings are maybe explainable, but then you have this huge, vast variety of things that you know don't fit into any uh, conventional explanation. And the thing we always talk about, especially with regard to the eighteen ninety seven airships, is craft that is one or two steps beyond us. Yes. The technology improves as our technology improves. Well, you know, and you have to, you know, once again, uh, refer to normalcy bias. You know, you're going to try to describe things from your perspective, you know, and, you know, balloons were known in the 1890s, you know, at the end of the, at the end of the 19th century, people knew what balloons were. So a thing flying around, it's like a balloon or like an airship. You know, to go back to the, uh, the you know the biblical story of Ezekiel. You know, what was he actually describing? He was trying to use words, you know, his vocabulary, his dictionary of that that era, and you know, probably what he saw isn't a literal representation of how he described it. You know, it was something much different, and that goes back to the you know the airship thing. You know, were they you know flying dirigibles? Maybe not, probably not, but that was just the way they described it. And once again, you know, we saw a flying saucer, you know, with the Arnold description. That was just the vocabulary that he had trying to describe something truly amazing that he witnessed, you know, there in the uh, in the uh, Western United States. Except that Kenneth Arnold never called them flying saucers. No. That was a description by saucers. the media talking about yeah. the motion in flying like yeah. saucers skipping across water. If they called them like stones, right. instead of having flying saucers, yeah. we would have had flying stones. Now, wouldn't that have been strange? Let me tell you, Trey Hudson joins us. Of course, he's involved in the book, The Meadow Project, about a strange place in the southern United States where wacky things happen. I'm Gene. He's Tim. You're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, formerly Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, Air National Guard and Reservist. I'm looking for veterans, active duty military personnel to join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. She needs your skills, courage, and loyalty more than ever. Contact GCNteam.com. Because of the financial and health care collapse, veterans are currently struggling finding jobs. Frustrated looking for a job? Change your tactics. Join the 90 for Life Crusade to save America. Start a health care business with FDI Longevity 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com immediately. We're looking for military specialists who can use a computer and communicate information and execute a battle plan. Join the admirals, Navy SEALs, Marines, pilots, Army officers, military police, sheriffs, police officers, firemen, and first responders already enrolled in the 90 for Life Crusade. Contact GCNteam.com now. FDI Longevity will help you apply your military skills to the task of saving America through health and financial programs. Contact GCNteam.com. Enlist in GCNteam.com and save America. USA Radio News with Kenneth Burns. Marriott is suspending all of its operations in Russia. The hotel company is citing restrictions imposed by the U.S., U.K., and E.U. Marriott International said in a statement it has come to view that the newly announced restrictions will make it impossible for them to continue to operate or franchise hotels in the Russian market. The company closed its Moscow office and paused the opening of new hotels and all future hotel investment in Russia following the invasion of Ukraine 101 days ago. The baby formula plant that was shuttered after a federal inspection has reopened, the Abbott Nutrition Plant in Sturgis, Michigan, had been closed for five months after an FDA inspection discovered unsanitary conditions. The factory produced most of the country's supply of powdered Similac and specialty formulas. Its closure led to the national shortage of baby formula. This is USA Radio News. The GOP nominee for Senator of Pennsylvania is the celebrity Dr. Mehmet Oz. His opponent, former hedge fund CEO Dave McCormick, conceded to Oz on Friday. He said it became clear to him that Oz would be the nominee with the recount largely completed. Oz will go on to face Democratic Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman in the fall. Fetterman has been off the campaign trail in recent weeks after suffering a stroke. He said on Friday that he almost died and urged people to not ignore doctor's orders. A change in view will mean a change in jobs for a Republican congressman. New York's Chris Jacobs says he will not run for a second term. He broke from his party when he announced that he would support an assault weapons ban. Jacobs told the Buffalo News that the mass shooting in Texas and the racially motivated shooting at a Buffalo grocery store changed his stance. That prompted every elected GOP leader who endorsed his re-election bid to withdraw their support. Jacobs also lost the backing of the Republican and conservative parties in the Empire State. You're listening to USA Radio News. Americans have the most colorful language in the world, and that vibrant language is our basis for thinking in big ways, new ways, efficient ways, and better ways. Americans have freedom of speech. The pairing of our colorful language and freedom of speech has made us the people and the nation that we are today. Imagine what it would be like not having the freedom to speak our minds, communicate our thoughts and ideas, and hear those from others. Americans have a passion for and yearn for the truth. There are those who want to destroy our freedom and right to hear the truth. The truth is under attack. GCN is under attack. I'm asking our fellow broadcasters and you to rise up and help us defend our right to free speech. Would you like to join us? Please consider visiting SaveGCN.com. Please help us bring you the truth 24 hours per day. 
I'm Vincent Finelli. Hi, my name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. More fascinating stuff. Now talking about UFOs, UFO mysteries, strange objects seen, how people interpret those things. Like, of course, I'm a fan of Star Trek. And you think when you look at Star Trek, uh, how the people who wrote the scripts and Gene Roddenberry, who created the show in the 60s, were thinking, what will the 23rd century be like? And they came up with stuff. Strangely enough, a lot of that stuff has come true already. And as we know, scientists are really looking into some kind of matter transportation or teleportation. They're looking into the possibilities of warp drive. But then in the Star Trek lexicon, warp drive is invented in 2063. So we have, what, 41 years? Yeah, yeah, more or less. And you, know, you, were, you were alluding to it. Uh, you know, here I am talking to you and your audience on a device that I'm holding up to my ear. That's also a computer that I can do, you know, you know, face-to-face communications with somebody uh, anywhere in the world. So I remember seeing, you know, the, uh, the tricorders, you know, and the communicators as a child watching Star Trek thinking, you know, I'll never see that in my lifetime. Yet here we are. Well, an iPhone or a Samsung Galaxy, they're mostly tricorders. And to some degree, the Apple Watch and other smartwatches have the fitness capability, the diagnosis capability, so I can check my AFib with an Apple Watch, and it warns me if my heartbeat is going sideways. You know, it's amazing, you know, how far we've come, and, you know, using the, uh, you know, the Star Trek analogy, and, you know, I, I read a report or an analysis saying that our technology is increasing exponentially, you know, not you know, not one plus one plus one, but, you know, two times, you know, to four, to eight, to 16, to 32. And so, you know, in a few years, by the time we get to the point where warp drive was supposedly created, uh, you know, in, in the Star Trek universe, you know, what will we really have? And the idea of warp drive might be just pale in comparison to where we're headed, you know, here in the next few decades. Well, you're just talking about Star Trek, and I'm just—I'm not as up to the Star Trek universe as, uh, as you are, Gene. <laughs> I will say though that, and I think Trey makes a good point that uh, Star Trek predicted uh, what was it, Gene? That the warp drive would be invented by 2040. A crazy scientist named Zephyrin Cochran invents warp drive in 2063. The warp signature is detected by the Vulcans, and therefore we have first contact. But that's an interesting point. They didn't think of first contact as happening with beings visiting the Earth now. They think of it as happening once they see that we've developed to the point where we can be contacted. I was going to say, weren't, uh, hadn't the Vulcans already uh, been to Earth in secret before uh, uh, Cochrane, but they just hadn't revealed themselves yet? I think that's part of it. My Star Trek knowledge is not as great as some people think. 
I mean, I watched <laughs> the series. I enjoyed them. I had recently gone through all the episodes, seven seasons of Star Trek Next Generation. I'm on the end of the second season of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. I am on the fence about going to Voyager or Enterprise. I do watch Star Trek Strange New Worlds and Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard. So all I say is, engage. <laughs> but but as, as Trey was saying, though, you know, as our knowledge increases exponentially, uh, you know, we, we think of warp drive as being, you know, possibly the 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 next, you know, big thing, you know, uh, to to be able to have interstellar travel, if that is possible. Uh, but I think that there's a possibility that there may be, you know, a discovery that goes even beyond the aspects of of warp drive, where you know, because I, I I've often suggested that if UFOs do represent at least one part of UFO phenomena does represent uh, extraterrestrials coming to us from other solar systems, that there is probably some kind of time travel involved to be able to circumnavigate that amount of of uh, you know, uh, of space between um, solar systems, or maybe you know, maybe even uh, galaxies. So you know, I, I wonder if uh, we may actually be getting closer to um, the discovery of some kind of um, time travel drive. That, that's a great point. Uh, you know, and. Instead of thinking of things in a Euclidic way of, you know, getting from here to there, what if we're looking at from getting from then to now? Right. So it's one of the one of the curious things about uh, some UFO occupant sightings seems to be. First of all, their their concern with um, uh, they seem to you know, suggest that we're not. You're looking at time wrong or that we've got the idea of time wrong. And as well, uh, in some close encounter cases, there does seem to be a a, a warping of time and space that, you know, uh, people have not only missing time, but added time. Uh, I know I've investigated Mm -hmm. a couple of cases where people who have uh, uh, had, you know, UFO come very close to them. And when they get home, they find that they get home a lot earlier than they should have. You know, so I often wondered if, you know, if these devices aren't using some kind of, you know, for want of a better word, time warping capabilities as part of their, you know, propulsion or drive systems. For people who've been listening to the Paracast for many years, our original co-host told a story once where he and a friend were traveling from Boston back to New York. This was, of course, during the days of the Macworld Computer Expo in Boston. And normally it would be a trip of about four hours. On this particular day, it took around two hours. Hmm. And believe you me, if you've traveled from Boston to New York, you cannot drive that fast without either being stopped, getting into a serious accident, or violating the laws of physics. Well, you know, that goes to a, that goes to a good point. You know, you mentioned, uh, I think Tim mentioned you know, these craft having some sort of technology that 
involves time. If you are bending space time, you know, you're looking at relativity is time flows differently where you have singularities, you know, and that they're using some sort of mechanism to bend space time. If you're close to that singularity, your time is going to be altered either faster or slower, depending on your relationship to it. So yeah, it makes sense. It makes perfect sense. This reminds me of another episode of Star Trek Next Generation, where he goes into a trance or is knocked out, Captain Picard, and lives an entire lifetime on another place within the space of maybe 20 minutes or so. I forget the amount of time on the episode. An entire lifetime. So certainly the perception of time can possibly be very localized. What we perceive as the past of time may be nothing like what E.T. perceives it as being. And certainly traveling to another planet. Traveling, I'm not talking here about just getting close to light speed, where time appears to slow down, but by doing funky things. Yeah, certainly the uh, reality might much be much, much stranger than we can imagine. Speaking of strange realities, we've gotten to so many different places and many more to come with Trey Hudson. We're going to ask him to stick with us for After the Paracast. That's the show available. If you subscribe to the Paracast Plus, check out theparacast.plus. I'm Gene Steinberg. He is Tim Swartz with 27 and a half voices. Here's one. You're in the Paracast. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey listeners, I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Are you ready to retire? Inflation is picking up, markets are volatile, and the dream of a comfortable retirement is harder to attain than ever before. The stock market goes up and down is beyond your control. But you're at a point in your life where you can't afford to make big financial mistakes. I'm Al Iberoa, founder of Knight Strategic Wealth. Our investment strategy allows you to go up with the stock market, lock in your gains, and when the stock market goes down, your investment won't lose a dime. This works for your investments, savings at a brokerage firm, or even money at a bank. It's 
simple, it's safe, and that's why savvy investors work with us. Want to learn more? Text FREE to 833-898-0500, and we'll send our retirement readiness kit directly to your phone right now. If you want to help build a retirement portfolio that will go up with the market and literally never lose money, get our retirement readiness kit today and see how this strategy can help secure your future. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. Text FREE to 833-898-0500. Do you experience fatigue when you know you should have energy? One reason fatigue can occur is due to a lack of antioxidants in the body. This deficiency happens the older we get or due to eating an unhealthy diet or even due to exercise. Your body's number one antioxidant is glutathione. When your cells are depleted of glutathione, you will be fatigued, inflamed, possibly depressed, and may also feel pain. Empirical results indicate that consuming green metal whey protein powder is the most effective means of increasing glutathione production. Green metal whey supplies nature's richest source of the precursor to making glutathione within the trillions of cells of your body. This protein strongly supports the cell's ability to make glutathione. Add to this that Green Metal Way also supports immunity, energy, lean muscle development, fat loss, and has anti-cancer properties, and you have nature's most complete and strongest superfood. To order, go to bestwayprotein.net that's B-E-S-T-W-H-E-Y protein.net or call 888-988-3325 that's 888-988-3325 Extendivite really works. Here's just a few testimonials from Amazon. Patricia, excellent herbal formula. I use Extendivite to keep my cardiovascular system fine-tuned. Brian, I'm using Extendivite, and for me, it has made a world of difference. God made all these nutrients in the ground. Enough said. Cami, five stars. I feel a lot of energy since I started taking Extendivite. TR, five stars. All I can say is, Extendivite works. Buy it, try it, and see for yourself. To get your Extendivite today, go to Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E.com. Or call us at 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life with Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. See the upward tilt of his voice? Tim Swartz. Trey, talking about time distortion and things like that. Let's go on with that. Yeah, you know, uh, and I started thinking about, you know, time distortions and, you know, quantum physics and all of that is, you know, if we think about existence, reality, you know, from a quantum standpoint, you have, you know, the M theory, you have uh, the theory of different brains, which are like, uh, you know, if you imagine the two-dimensional sheets of dimensions hanging, you know, or existing almost parallel. And, uh, you know, one of the more popular things is a, a string. You know, existence is a string, a linear, you know, point A to point B kind of thing. And this existence will wrap around and twist around itself. And if you can imagine this existence, this reality, looping back and touching back on itself, so you have a future time and a present time and a past time, maybe all touching, you know, together, what are you most likely to be the most quantum entangled with? 
That would be yourself. So what if we're experiencing ourselves from different timelines and we're interacting with ourselves? And that's what maybe we're experiencing with these these different uh, instances of high strangeness is us being quantum entangled with our past and future selves. What about ourselves in another reality? Correct. You know, another uh, another timeline. You know, there are some theories that you know every time you make a micro decision, another timeline is created. You know, and I'm starting to get in Donnie Darko kind of stuff. But yeah, exactly. You would be quantum entangled with your alternate self. The TV show um, Superman Lois, which is Superman after 20 years married to Lois Lane with two teenage kids. They're exploring the multiverse, and the other side you have the Bizarro universe, where things are totally different. And you have this reality here, and he's fighting villains between the two universes. Certainly all the so-called Arrowverse shows on the CW TV network focus on multiverse, where Supergirl lived in one multiverse, Earth-38, and the Flash lived in Earth-1, and then they merged the realities, and now I'm so dizzy from the realities, I can't figure out which way is up. It's kind of funny that some of these more, you know, mind-boggling, crazy, off-the-reservation concepts are, are actually being, you know, communicated to people through fiction. You know, kind of the way it is. You know, Jules Verne talked about atomic submarines and you know time travel himself so you know science fiction and fiction you know, perhaps is the uh, record of the future of course hg wells in the time machine except he went to the future yeah and remember he never names the character who flew he was always the time traveler no. in the movie with rod taylor which i thought was a really really good movie he called himself george because, of course, the perception being that H.G. Wells himself was the inventor of the time machine in certain shows like Murdoch Mysteries, the Canadian show about a period piece around the turn of the century. In The New Adventures of Superman, Lois and Clark, they met H.G. Wells as a time traveler. Who knows? Who knows? I think maybe some of these, uh, some of these older authors were perhaps onto some concepts uh, way beyond what we know. The fact that they even did those things, you know, in, in what, the late 1890s, we have War of the Worlds, we have the Time Machine, and we're talking here about sci-fi concepts that are still current in this day and age. Well, yeah, you know, you were talking about War of the Worlds, you know, it was just recently, I mean, that's a relative term, but, you know, Cruz was in, you know, a recent iteration of the uh, War of the Worlds, uh, just re- uh, recently, I watched the uh, the nineteen fifty seven fifty eight version of War of the Worlds, and it's a you know it's a story that is, is timeless, you know, as is the the, uh, the time machine and and some of these other stories. You know, these are concepts. These are uh, you know, if you start looking at symbiotics, you know, these are uh, you know very visceral themes that seem to resonate, you know, with audiences regardless of, you know, what time period they're in. The flaw in War of the Worlds is how E.T. is defeated. He is, or it is, invulnerable, except it succumbs to earthly viruses. You'd have to think, if they were so smart to get here, they would take into account such things as local microbes and protect themselves against it. Fundamental flaw that may have not seemed that way in 1897. But that, when I see the movie, occurs to me. How can they be so dumb? 
Well, you know, it had to be, you know, a, a triumph of good over evil. So, you know, there had to be some sort of mechanism to, uh, you know, to defeat an advanced civilization. And what an interesting juxtaposition that a mindless, soulless, godless microbe was the eventual downfall of our uh, potential oppressors. And it's funny how the movie Independence Day does the same thing, but using different technology. They give E.T. a cold using a computer virus to destroy the mothership. And that's straight out of War of the Worlds, the idea. Yeah, absolutely. Except one is a digital virus and the other is a uh, physical virus. Correct. Of course, then we wonder here if E.T. is visiting us, we would assume they would take precautions against it to protect us or themselves by the same token. Who knows? Because possibly if they all life forms around the universe are made of the same elements, maybe the same basic viruses are everywhere. So they can take their Tylenol, they can take their version of cold tablets and be done with it. But is it true that in the Star Trek universe, the common cold has not been eradicated? Yeah. You know, well, you're talking about viruses. You know, what if, you know, E.T., you know, that's a broad term. These other intelligences, what what if they are viruses or if they're a form that's so alien to us that we don't assign, you know, intelligence to them? You know, it's something that we assume is incapable of thought, incapable of uh, action, when in fact it is a life form that, for lack of a better term, is so alien to us that we can't even conceive it. You're kind of describing the alien in the movie Contact. The alien encounters the protagonist, Jodie Foster's character, as a radio astronomer and says that he appears to her or it appears to her in the form of her late dad because she could not accept his real appearance. We can accept the fact that we're just about out of time with Trey Hudson. He'll be back with After the Paracast for Paracast Plus listeners. In the meantime, Tell us about the book where you can get a copy and about your work if we want to know more. Uh, sure. Yeah, the book, The Meadow Project Explorations into the South Skinwalker Ranch, is on Amazon. Uh, I have it in hardback, softback, ebook, and audiobook. Just go to Amazon, type in my name, Trey Hudson, and you will see it pop up. I think the uh, ebook is an exceptional deal. I think it's less than 6 or $5. So, you know, it's out there. I would be really, uh, really happy if people would take a look at it. And where can we find you? Uh, usually I'm passed out in the alleyway behind the local liquor store. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, of course. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, probably the easiest way is Trey Hudson-Author. And, you know, that's uh, that's kind of where I hang out. And, uh, you know, we discuss various things. I'll post articles about various esoteric topics. And I uh, always enjoy the uh, the back and forth and comments from that. You can find us on Twitter if you look for the Paracast. Check out the Paracast on Facebook where there's a group where you can check out a group or a community for Paracast listeners. We also offer branded merchandise with different logos at the Paracast.shop. I like all those top-level domain names, .shop, the Paracast.shop. Choose the stuff you want in the size that fits you best. We also offer the Paracast Plus. 
added features for loyal Paracast listeners, including the After the Paracast podcast, where our guest Trey Hudson will be back. Also, we give you this show free of the network ads. And we have this special deal, such a deal. Use the coupon code UFO20, that's UFO20, when you order a Paracast Plus subscription. For five years or a lifetime subscription, we give you 20% off. Go to theparacast.plus, theparacast.plus for more info. Trey Hudson, thanks for joining us on the Paracast. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, if I may do my best Paracast voice, thank you for having me as a guest on the Paracast. Featuring Gene Steinberg is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. <laughs>